You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow teacher through a mini strategy session. These on-air coaching calls are a fascinating peek into the brains and lives of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their session on the podcast, and I have so much respect for them. Let's jump right into this on-air coaching call, and I will see you on the other side. In your intake form, you were sharing that you're new to thinking of yoga as a business. You're new to the world of business and that you're in a place of feeling a bit overwhelmed with it, with all the things to do, and maybe even a little bit stuck with where to start. Tell me a little bit in a little bit more detail what your vision is and what you've done so far. And then we'll see how I can help you from there. Great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dig in a little bit more and just feel feel our way through this. Um, yes. New to the business world, I'm very much in the space of pivoting from a longstanding career in experiential travel combined with a personal um, exploration over the last 10 years in holistic wellness. And so my business venture is really to weave these two elements together. Um, and at the heart of it, the mission and the passion is really in bringing women together into deeper connections with themselves, with each other, and with the world around us. Um, attuning ourselves to our innate connection to the cycles and the rhythms of the natural world, um, and just our whole being, um, our whole expression as women in the world. So um, that's kind of the bigger picture of vision, feels, what, what I'm wanting to weave into being and breathe life into. And this shape that it's really wanting to take us through um, three specific pathways. One is providing spaces for us to gather and come back into our bodies. Um, and that's very much through the pathway of yoga and embodiment practices, ritual. Um, another pathway uh, or pillar would be bringing women into community for conversation uh, and just having space to share, to work through the nature of being a human, which can be really hard. And especially as women in the constructs of the world that we live in and barriers we're breaking through, um, just to see and witness um, and hear and honor each other and um, come into greater connection. And then the third pillar will eventually be weaving all of this into retreats where we have the opportunity to come into space to both bridge our inner world, our inner experiences, and our outer, um, our connection to the outer world and each other. So that's, yeah, though that's kind of what is wanting to take shape. And over the last year, having pivoted away from my job in the travel industry and coming into this spaciousness, I've started to slowly just self-navigate myself into the world of business and very quickly realized there's <laughs> a lot to know, a lot to learn. And so 
byways of the universe and the powers that be, I found your podcast and I listened to a few episodes. I learned about flight school and I landed in the nest and it was amazing and created really just such a great, um, gave me a really big picture on, on all of the facets of business and all of the things to keep in mind. Um, as I move forward. And so now I'm, I'm very much having gone through that. I have a good idea of what all of the options are and what can really help bring this to life. And I really am at the point where I'm really curious about what, where's the best place to start for me? How can I best support myself in what feels and, and sounds to me like is very much an adventure in itself? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you think of it that way because it is, you know, I think of business as being this really incredible incubator for our own growth, because whatever it is that is happening on the inside is going to be expressed and manifested through this passion that we're putting out into the world. So we do have to approach it that way. Like, okay, this is a journey. This is an adventure. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to respond to the stimulus, the experiences, the people that come into my path, right? Because if you think of the hero's journey, the heroine's journey, or any story, it's not the expected that happens, right? You can't, from your moment of comfort, like, think through every eventuality. And maybe this is a little bit coming from your experience in the travel industry where you do try to think ahead for your clients. Like, okay, let's avoid this pitfall. Let's avoid this pitfall. Let's make sure the itineraries planned out right. But you, you can't do that until you've been on the journey yourself, right? In order to create that plan, you first have to step out into the unknown <laughs> and meet what comes at you and respond to it. And it's through experience that you figure out a way to better and better map the plan. Mm, that is so incredibly resonant. And yeah, I feel that wholly in my body. It's, um, it's such a good reminder of, um, yeah, the truth in all of that. And that I think back to when I first started in the travel industry and I traveled extensively on my own and then I moved into guiding other people. And yeah, I had to go, I had to walk the walk in order to speak to it and to show people how to do that. And, you know, it's so beautifully really also parallels what, what I'm bringing forth here is like pathways for women to come in and do that in every facet of their life. Um, so, you know, just reframing and bringing myself back to that, that platform and that reframe of like, it is very much, this is its own season of, of blossoming and blooming that will lead to others. Um, and that it, at the same time, it's one big blossoming. It's one big cycle of growth, but there are many cycles of growth within it. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, it totally rings true. Definitely. And I think there's a special challenge when we're pivoting because we're used to being at a certain level of mastery in whatever we were doing before. And then we step into something new and all of a sudden we're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I'm used to being really on it, on top of it. I'm used to really knowing my shit. And all of a sudden I feel like a beginner again. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. 
<laughs> but you have to go through that. There's no avoiding that phase. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy, you know, for me in working with women in my community, I can speak to that so eloquently and, and bring that into illumination for them and really have a lot of empathy for it. But when I'm experiencing it myself, right, that imposter syndrome comes in, you know, that inner jerk that's just like, what, what are you doing? We don't know anything. Like, how are we going to do this? And um, I've really been leaning into my community that continues to reaffirm, like, we, we need this. We want this. This is a gift of yours, like, and are really helping to to create and nurture like create space and nurture that into being so i'm really you know learning how to lean into that and lean into the trust element of it that's like you have yeah you have to walk through the fires to get to the other side and know how it's all going to come to life exactly because you can't know until you've walked it <laughs> you just can't know mm -hmm. so the first thing is that you need to be taking action consistently at this phase. You need to not overthink your decisions and make decisions as quickly as possible with the understanding that this is how you learn. And I love, you know, the analogy of the travel journey is so perfect because it's sort of like, you know, the difference between the person who sits on their phone in the hotel room trying to figure out the perfect place to go, the perfect restaurant to go versus the person who wanders the streets and tries out a bunch, right? Who learns faster? Who ultimately has a richer experience? A richer experience for sure, because you, you open yourself to what you find along the way. So that's what you need because you got the bird's eye view in flight school. So what you're going to be alert to the lessons in a way you wouldn't have been without it. But what's happening is you're letting that greater knowledge paralyze you and as if it could somehow prevent you from making mistakes. It's not gonna prevent you from making mistakes. It's going to allow you to learn from those mistakes faster. Mm. It's gonna allow you to put those mistakes into context and get a more complete understanding of the lessons versus just being like, why didn't that work? Why didn't that work? You know, you can make the same mistakes over and over and over when you don't have a bit of a bigger picture. For example, let's say you're a brand new traveler, new to traveling. You might make the same mistakes four or five or six times before you're like, oh no, oh, that's why this keeps not working out. Versus, okay, you're an experienced traveler, but you're going to a new place. You still might make a mistake, but you'll very quickly be able to pivot and learn from that mistake and evolve your plan and your experience based on that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know that you need to have a system for meeting new people, for building trust with them and for inviting them to work with you. But in the very beginning, what you need to do is work with people. And through actually working with people, a few people in the beginning, you refine your systems for that work. And in that way, you increase your capacity to work with more people and to work with people in a more consistent way, right? Because it's, it's less experimentation and more following the systems that you've developed. 
And you also get to know those people deeply. We talked about market research and I, I'm sure you've done some market research, but more than market research as a project, I really wanna encourage yoga teachers to develop that market research mindset so that every time you're working with a client, you're alert to hear the gems, the, the nuggets of insight and wisdom that they share with you. They don't even know that that's what they're doing, but every time they share what they struggle with, every time they share their hopes and dreams, every time they share what the barriers are for them to achieve those hopes and dreams, that's market research right there for you. So I have done quite a bit of market research and it's been very illuminating and also affirming of what I was kind of intuiting um, in terms of what my community is, is seeking. And one of the big things that comes up and, and I'll say there's kind of two parts of this. I'm, I'm very, you know, wanting to get on the path of starting to work with people individually and really right coming into deeper connection, getting to know them more intimately and what their needs are, what their wants are, what their desires are um, and what their barriers are. But a lot of what I'm hearing is that people want to be in community and people want accountability. Um, and so while I want to go down that pathway and it's, it seems like it makes the most sense to start there, what keep what I keep getting nudged towards and what I'm inclined to do as well is bring people into community and create a structure where there's accountability, similar to sort of what you did in flight school, where you have a place to convene, you're able to um, invite people into spaces and share information, but you also have an opportunity to within that create structures for yeah, accountability buddies and people having a framework that that keeps them nudging them to show up in those spaces, because um, that seems to be the number one barrier is people are like, oh, I have a hard time getting here. But once I'm here and at the end, I'm like so thankful that I came and so thankful that I showed up to connect and and dive in and reconnect with myself and make this time in this space. Um, and so I maybe want to talk, ask a little bit about that in terms of like if that's what's coming forward, is it is it too big of a leap to just maybe start with creating a container of space? And I'll I'll just share the caveat that also over the years I've created a women's group of 130 plus women globally through my life on the road. Um, I really realized that 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 was like a foundation of my well-being was was connecting with my people and we were all over the world. And so I kind of created this container and it's turned into this beautiful thing where we share conversation and we don't get to see each other all the time, but it's a place to connect, to bring forth vulnerable questions, explore what's at top of mind and heart for us. And so I'm kind of wanting to take that model and turn it into a business model so that I can reach more people and really dive into it and really commit and devote myself to creating those spaces. Um, so I wonder if we can kind of swing off of that a little bit. You know, I don't think of anything as being the gospel, right? For a lot of people, it makes sense to start with one-on-ones, but if the feedback you, I mean, this is why we do the market research. If the feedback you're getting is pointing in big flashing neon arrows towards groups, then do groups. Especially if you have a history of being able to pull people together, to draw people together. If that's one of your gifts, 
then that's part of why in the beginning of flight school, we work on looking at our strengths because no two journeys are the same. And you do need to be conscious of what you are good at. <laughs> what is your gift? What is your talent? What are the things that come naturally and easily to you and build your business around that? Yes, if that is what your market research is saying, then start with groups, absolutely. What is stopping you? I think, and actually I'll just kind of reframe what, what you just smeared back to me was that I think this stuck with me, but what happened is it then was layered with all of these other options and these, what may be more traditional routes for people to take. I'll say that in flight school, I came to it um, very openly stating like, I'm, I'm actually kind of more leaning towards this, towards group, towards retreats. And most people were leaning towards one-on-ones, teaching classes, which is great. And that's a strong element and pillar of what I want to offer as, you know, having this menu of what's your entry point for people who want to have a space to come in and like my classes and, you know, want to be held in that way. And for people who then also want to expand into group and then eventually expand into retreats and, and connecting with the outdoors um, and different cultures. So, so thanks for redirecting me back to that. Um, yeah, it feels very, that feels the most alive for me. That's a really important measure. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about your vision for creating a group like this, what is the simplest format that you could put this together in, put it out there and start offering it, start doing the work? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's the one I've been mulling over and over and that has been keeping me paralyzed from, from doing. Um, I think the simplest form that I could think to start with is just starting to offer individual like monthly gatherings, a consistent, but not necessarily part of say a membership or a collective that people sign into. Um, I think that's eventually where I'd like to move to, to just like create the container, but, and offer some, be able to offer more within that. Um, but I think what comes to mind is just getting things on the calendar, consistently creating the container, creating the space and showing up in it and allowing it to really unfold from there. And perhaps having the option also, because I have been teaching for a handful of years and I've done a lot of individual, um, private sessions to maybe have that as an option as well to just start to bring in a few of the different threads and allow myself to explore in more depth like individually um what yeah what people are wanting to see or what they what they'd like to see me offer because right now overwhelm has been your your big sticking point i would say let's start with one gathering that you commit to. And then like, let's decide when is it going to be? Mm -hmm. When will you have your first gathering? So I have done gatherings the last few months. Okay. Um, and so I feel good about that. And I tend to overlook that because it's not set as a consistent thing. Although when I think about it now, I'm like, well, I have had a few and they've been consistent. So um, I think, a just continuing that thread and letting that be 
enough, like letting that be the first seed that is planted that will take root and will continue to grow. Um, so I often align my gatherings with the full moon because traditionally full moon is a time for women in a lot of cultures to gather. Women traditionally have always gathered and been in community um, and only in recent times we've we've kind of moved away from that or been pulled away from it. And so I really want to bring back this um, this thread of our collective well-being as women, of having places to show up and gather in whatever shape, mood, you know, way of our being we are in in that moment. And so, yeah, I think I will continue to do that and commit to it being a monthly, my first monthly offering. Okay, so you've already done your first few. They've been successful. They've been nourishing. They've been in alignment with your vision. And you're ready to commit to continuing to do them. I wonder if you could start offering some kind of incentive to commit for, for your, your participants to commit. Maybe it's a three-month, three-pack, or a six-pack. I think at this point, that's about where I'd go because you don't necessarily want to commit for a year. So however, however far you feel like you can commit, ask for that commitment back and think about you could offer a price break. You could offer some kind of extra. You could offer a combination, but find some way to invite people who feel like they really want to support what you're doing and who want to belong to the community that you're creating. Give them a chance to raise their hands. Hmm. I love that. I think one of the things that I have been struggling with, which I hear a lot of people struggling with, is the the marketing and, and the getting the message out. So I, I'm building my website right now. It's close to being done. I started my Instagram a handful of months ago, and I've been slowly pouring into that and using it as kind of a primer while I right while I don't have somewhere specific to direct people. I've been sort of priming people like, what am I about? What, what am I going to be building here? Um, and I guess in my, my approach is to have a website hopefully in the next week or two so that people have a place to land to get a little bit more information um, and then i can offer right like here's the monthly offerings here's you can sign up for a few at a time and start building the community because then i'll be able to also link in a newsletter which i don't have right now so i think those are the pieces that I'm like, do I start the offerings, but I don't have the supportive structure of newsletter, how to adequately reach people? Because one of the things I hear most is people either see the post too late or they can't make it or I didn't, you know, if I didn't announce the gathering with enough lead time for people to plan. So yeah, in being new to this space, it's like, which comes first do I? create the offerings and put them out? Or do I create the structures that will help people know about them? Yeah, no, that's such a great question. How are the people who are attending finding out about them? On Instagram right now. So create the offerings, 
put it out there to the people who are really paying attention and are like, when is Jillian doing her next thing? Have the structure in place, have the dates in place. So that if somebody reaches out to you and says, Jillian, when's your next thing that you have an answer for them? That's the first mm-hmm. thing. Then, you know, your, your website's already almost created. So then you just want to make sure that it's updated. I'm curious about the email list. What has prevented you from having an email list up until now? To be honest, I didn't know how to go about collecting emails. So I have an email list of, of clients from my past career paths who express like, hey, I, you've told me where you're going and I want to come. Um, so I have an email list of, of potential clients, people who are interested in at least hearing what is being birthed and also people who've been involved in market research with me. So I have, you know, I have this running list, um, but I guess I felt or was told somewhere along the lines that I have to have a website and be collecting emails and have this system tied together to start doing a newsletter which now that you bring it up, I'm like, I could have just started with the list I had months ago. And been like, hey, exciting news. Here I go. Want to come with me? And but somewhere along the lines, yeah, something I misunderstood or it was misrepresented that I have to have a website and a way to collect emails before I can start a newsletter. It's a really common assumption because this is what we see we don't see the people who have a newsletter but not a website we see the website that sorry we see the newsletter form embedded in the website so maybe nobody ever told you this but it was a story your brain made up based on what it saw so it makes complete sense that your brain would make up that story the other thing to know is that most if not all email newsletter services, these email marketing platforms basically have landing pages as part of their, what you pay for, or even get for free if you're using a free version. So before you have a website, you can literally have a page to send people to just to sign up for your email list. Yeah. And I've started to see that as I've been piecing together offering tree and putting Squarespace together. I'm like, huh, these landing pages, interesting. And so maybe it's just helpful to take a moment to honor everyone else out there who might be in this position of wondering how to get started, that you don't need to have all of these things tied together to start. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point and great clarification. So thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that journey for yourself so that others can benefit from hearing. Yeah. And I'll also share on that note that I was just in Sedona for a weekend with 11 of my really close girlfriends. And one, one of my girlfriends started her own business a few years ago and I was asking her, you know, what, like what seeds of wisdom do you have to offer to me? And she said, forget perfecting your website, forget perfecting your Instagram, just start putting yourself out there. People want to see the real you. And I really had this moment of, yeah, reflecting on where was I told that I had to have the perfect website, that I had to have the perfect Instagram, that I had to have everything, my image, what I'm doing 
even the words I'm using all together in order to get started. And so this is such a refreshing reframe to come back to a space of letting it be creative, letting it be an adventure, let it be an unfurling. And um, I don't quite know what all is going to come together. And I think that's the part that really when I feel into my body, it's the most exciting part because it's very much something that is yeah being birthed from me um and i'm here to just like usher it into the world really yeah exactly and all those other pieces you'll refine them a bit here and there and they'll come together and there'll be a moment where you're like oh i think i'm ready for this okay now i have the resources now i can really wrap my brain around this and i'm going to do this but the heart of it is communicating with your people and serving them. And I am reminded in you saying that just all of the words of affirmation and the excitement that comes rushing back in of people who are on kind of the inner circle of work things and of, of knowing that I'm working on bringing this forth. What we have for you based on what we've talked about so far is committing dates to three to six months worth of these gatherings and starting to put it out there so that it's no longer, oh, it's too late. No, I gave you these dates six months ago. <laughs> you know, you're, you're giving people time to plan and you're also giving them an opportunity to commit in advance. So that's one action step is really thinking through what is going to be the reward or the payoff for this advanced commitment. And then two is starting that email list and just getting it going and starting to develop that channel for communicating with the people who are really most excited to hear from you. Okay. That's super helpful to just simplify. It's also, there's this level of vulnerability that is so terrifying when we're in these, um, these spaces that we're inhabiting where you're inviting people in to be their whole selves and we our intention is to show up also as our whole selves and our whole messy <laughs> all the facets of being a human um, but you start to recognize the constructs you have around and the conditioning to yeah look like you have it all figured out and I'm reminded when I do show up in the spaces that I am, once I'm in them, I, that guard comes down very easily, but leading up to it, they are on and they are full force. And so this process for me is very much about, I trust that when I create the container and I show up in them, I'll be in that space and I'll invite people into it as well. But where can I let this guard down a little bit on the front end so that I don't inhibit myself from even getting to that point to meet people? Um, because I've experienced a lot in the last few months um, sharing what my plans are and where what I'm wanting to create and when I'll be doing it. And I've just been getting stuck in this place and I've had people reaching out and being like, when are you doing it? I'm so excited. I can't wait. When's it happening? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I want it so bad to happen, but I'm just stuck in this holding pattern of 
yeah, the perfectionism and the imposter syndrome. And, and I think it just circles right back around to what you spoke to so eloquently in the beginning, which rings so true is when you're pivoting from a career that you have mastered, you're in a level of expertise where you just can do it with your eyes closed and you've worked through the discomfort and now you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm now pivoting into that whole new space and it's that messy middle of the transformation of the cocooning where you're just like, oh, like I know something beautiful is going to come out of this, but right now I just can't even see it. I just can't even see it. There's no structure to it yet. It's just that icky, gooey, <laughs> cocoony, yuckiness. And so it, luckily, you know, with guidance from you and the work you're doing, what an opportunity to, to bring a little bit those beginning stages of structure um, of like just beginning to take shape to really grow into the edges and then break through and open up and expand into the vision. I can relate to what you're saying so much. I'm remembering like the first few episodes of the podcast, I was such a control freak about it. I wanted every little bit to be perfect because I thought, well, there's not a lot of episodes, right? These are my first episodes. If people listen to them and they aren't good, they're not going to keep listening. So at this point, I feel a lot more relaxed about the podcast episodes. Some are better, some are not as good. I'm often surprised by the ones people really love and the ones that kind of get overlooked. So I can't necessarily predict. But in the beginning, I was so, I was so controlling about it. <laughs> and so I, I still see those threads inside myself too, right, of this need to present in a certain way that is put together like, hey, I'm a leader, I'm showing up to hold space. And it's easy to forget that the actual leadership is the vulnerability. It is. It's I'm making that. a face right now. It's because the yucky, it's like, yumminess. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And it's what it made me think of also is this element for me that there is this sort of carryover, this bridge from my last career path and the people who are coming from that and following me into this new, on this new path. And so there's a part of me that wants to uphold, you know, a master in this arena to all of a sudden just being a master in this arena, but recognizing it's a totally different arena. So whatever I'm carrying forward from my last one, like the skills that that matter and that will help support this new pathway are going to come along. It's true. And in a sense, you actually are further ahead than you think you are. You are so eloquent and you have so much wisdom and you know that you're good at what you do. So let the business stuff, it's just the platform right? It's not the work. It's just the platform. So think of it as using it, but don't let it use you. Let the business platform be as simple as it can be until it needs that next level of complexity and trust that the essence of what you're bringing is there. Yeah. And as you're speaking to that, I, I'm crying because it's really hitting that that truth of 
of I do trust that this is my path and I do have wisdom to share and it's constantly being reflected back to me. And so just coming into space of really stepping into something that feels so aligned is both the most exhilarating and the most terrifying <laughs> experience. And I'm sure you can speak to that and many other yoga teachers and people who are doing work that's so aligned with them that you're like, oh, like I, I don't want to, but I have to because it's just that vulnerable and it's just that it there it is really natural. Um, but again, it's part of this work is like redefining that we can do the work that that we're called to do and we can support ourselves with it and we can have a have a livelihood. I mean, so much of what you speak to is like, how do we survive as as yoga teachers, as people who are bringing people into deeper connection to ourselves, like as a culture as a whole, this isn't something that's valued right now. Of course, a lot of us value it, but as a whole in our society, it's not really valued as this life sustaining arena or job, quote unquote. And so um, I think part of what I'm called to do is really invite others to do that through my commitment to also do that for myself and to honor that that pathway and that pattern that you're talking about of almost feeling afraid of the potential is why we need to get really clear on our mission on the bigger purpose for our work because if we keep it small then it doesn't feel worth it to be that vulnerable. It doesn't feel worth it to take that big a risk. But when we recognize the lasting profound impact we can make on the entire planet, that's where we can step into what's possible. So beautiful. Thank you so much. And I think that's probably the right place to leave it. Yeah, this has been so reinforcing and informative and illuminating and really just supportive for the place that I'm at right now in coming back to the roots of it and just starting from the ground up and creating taking the small steps needed to usher it along in a way that feels exciting while also scary, but sustainable and approachable. And that's a huge step for me as someone who just can very easily see the big picture and tackle and want to want to plan ahead and plan for every, yeah, that, that control piece. Yeah. <laughs> really. And I think that you're not alone. So thank you so much for sharing your vision and also your struggles and challenges so that the other yoga teachers listening can recognize themselves in your story. Mm. Thank you for holding space for the conversation and for offering your support and your insight and your guidance and just, yeah, vulnerable and honest conversation. 